0: Hey ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put A Ring On It podcast.
1: Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts.
0: (laughs) You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes.
1: And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information.
0: And we didn't want you to miss out. So please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash p-a-r-o-i. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash p-a-r-o-i.
1: Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way.
0: Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as 2 bucks a month and we've got some amazing benefits for you like getting your questions answered one-on-ones with Danielle and I and a ton more.
1: All are welcome and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show.
0: Today's show is brought to you by BarkBox. Get 1 free extra month at getbarkbox.com/ring.
1: Welcome to the Put A Ring On A Podcast, a podcast for anyone who Pinterest like it's their full time job. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner and master of timelines.
0: And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and overly enthusiastic party host. Let's do it.
1: Welcome to episode 42 of the Put A Ring On It podcast. I'm Danielle. 42.
0: That's Dan. 42. 42. If you guys cannot hear... I am way excited because Danielle's finally allowing me to say some things uh, on an episode of the Put a <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to like, I, I get to say a lot in this episode and there might yes. even be some good things that you could take away from it.
1: Yeah, this that. is a topic that's very near and dear to Dan's heart. So I'm glad that we are incorporating some of your world into today's episode. Yeah, yeah. I still well, have we my came opinions, up with
0: of course. Oh yeah, we this came is- up with it together. Well, and that depends.
1: If you like this episode, we came up with it together. If you don't like this episode, it was all Dan. It's all Dan's
0: fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I remember – I think this actually came out of something that I had asked you years ago because um, I have on my website some – some wedding planning tips that are photo specific. Oh. And on there, it also says created in conjunction with Danielle Pasternak of DP Knack Weddings. And go. sure enough, we use some of these and I, uh, we're going to talk about them. And some of them are directly from your brain. So we did do it together, everyone.
1: Nice. I thought you were saying you, you um, wanted to do this podcast years, like this episode years and years ago, and I just haven't been letting you. And I was like, <laughs> no, man, like, bring it. I remember we were brainstorming for this season as to what topics we wanted to do and like taking in everybody's questions that we received. And you were like, I have four episode ideas all about photography. I'm so jazzed. And I was like, awesome, Dan. What are they? And he's like, I don't know. I can't
0: remember. (laughs) I like thought of them. And then like I went to write them down and immediately I was like, oh, squirrel, cat playing with the string. That's so adorable. Oh, crap. What was I going to do? Yeah. (laughs) My brain runs at like 10,000 miles a minute. And yeah. I'm constantly thinking at 100 miles an hour, and yes. that's what happens sometimes.
1: Yeah, so we thought out of all the things that Dan was thinking of, this was the one I was able to extract from his cranium, and we are going to talk today about 10 tips to get the most <laughs> out of your wedding photos. Don't laugh at my accents. We've been through was this.
0: That, 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 was def- that was an Arnold accent, I think.
1: I don't know who that is. I was going for more like evil doctor, like evil, oh, that's
0: you definitely know. Arnold. That's definitely Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I thought when you said Arnold? Hey, Arnold. Like that cartoon oh. with the football shaped kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I was so jealous of his room. Do you remember his room?
1: I, I didn't watch it enough to like, all I all's I thought of was Hey Arnold. So
0: If you're like a maybe 28 to 30 something, I, yeah. I'm assuming that you'll probably remember Hey like Arnold. Like you grew up
1: in the 90s, I think.
0: Yeah. That was, I watched that show all the time. Um and there's one specific episode about this kid who's afraid to leave his stoop, uh, and everybody calls him Stoop Kid. Um, mm. And and he, at the end, he just like ends up jumping off of his stoop, and he's afraid to leave it because he's like afraid to leave his house, and and like that's where he lives. And he's it's all about like this comfort that he has. And then he like they have like this big celebration when he finally steps off the bottom step, and it's like a really a feel good episode. It was adorable. Um,
1: that's nice, Dan. Yeah. That's anyway, really nice. Sorry.
0: See, ADD out of things. Now we're going to ADD back. I can't imagine
1: how you forgot. 10. That segues perfect into this episode.
0: <laughs> hey, you said it reminded you of Arnold, and then that's how I... No, I know. My hair. fault.
1: My fault. I'll take the hit on that. I'm okay. good with that.
0: <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, let's get it going.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we literally have thought out, and mostly, can, We there are 10 things, and we're going to elaborate them all, um, but it's, it's, we've, got some, we've got some goodies in store for you today, guys.
0: Yeah. The first one's very practical. Um, and that's just to think about what you're wearing when you get ready. Right. Because we've yes. all seen if you've been in weddings before, you've all seen the craziness of what the wedding planning morning looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And the morning of the wedding. The, yes. Yeah. The morning of the wedding. It's easy to forget. Um, to just get yourself ready. So mm-hmm. What I would say is uh, the big trend right now is things like um, uh, monogrammed pajamas or or like the little uh, button down shirts that have like you know the monogram on the corner or something like that, and they're super adorable. But and basically put it this way. You want to change out of last night's wrinkly pajamas um, and yeah. add some embroidered shirts, robes, things like that. What do you think?
1: Right. And I, I mean, I think it it obviously depends on your budget because it can get expensive to supply all of your, um, you know, your wedding crew, your bridesmaids or whoever it is with a, a fancy silk robe or a button down shirt with their monogram on it. But I, you don't have to gift them that. You don't have to make them buy it. You can just let yep. them know like, hey, wear a button down shirt, make So many of us have like those plaid button down shirts, right? Anyway, I I think it just let them know it needs to be something that they can easily take on and off without going over their head because it's usually coming off after they've had hair and makeup done. So some things like tank tops sometimes are easy to like shimmy down instead of going up over your head. But like a t-shirt sometimes isn't always great depending on how tight it is. So just let them know like, hey, we want to make sure that we are, you know, able to take on and off without messing our our new do and our fresh face. And also, (laughs) I'm going to add this tip because I think, Dan, it would be really weird if you said this tip. But, ladies, you need to take off your bras in the morning.
0: (laughs) Yeah. See, Dan, you don't want the straps to be showing. I cannot say that, but.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily as much the straps. It's actually the marks that we get on our shoulders and like on our back in different spots um, from any tight fitting clothing. Same goes for jeans. You know, as you're getting dressed, depending on the cut of your dress, those marks sometimes can take a little bit longer than you realize to go away. So as you're getting dressed, you don't want any of those marks. Same goes for hair ties on your wrist. So
0: the rule is an hour. You want to get that taken off an hour before you get into your dress.
1: I I think it depends on your body. I will have marks on my skin for a very, very long time. Really? Yes. Man. Yes. I bet okay. I have very sensitive skin. So I think it just depends. I think it's, you know, and that goes back to those different things that you can wear. Wear something that's going to be uh, braless friendly so that you don't feel like overly <laughs> exposed in any way because it's being documented, you know, for, for many of us, right?
0: Very true. And we don't want any free shows. None of that.
1: Nope. 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 <laughs> All right. On to tip number two or dose, or wait knee, that's Japanese uh-huh. for two.
0: Or zwei, Ooh. which is German for two.
1: Welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast, where we tell you different languages for the number two. <laughs> it's like Sesame Street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> today's number <two> episode is <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by the number dose.
1: Two, yes. Okay, so number tip number two is deciding whether you want to do a first look
0: reveal. Ooh, very nice. So I, first look and reveal are are used interchangeably. Some people call them a first look. Some people call them a reveal. Um, some people call them a first notice, which is very – I don't really like that one. Anyway. First um, touch. A first, look, first touch. Um, so essentially, defining a first look. The first look is a – a private meeting of the two of you before the ceremony and essentially it is a moment where the two of you get to see each other for the first time away from the pressures of the crowd away from the pressures of family members being there unless you want them there um, but essentially usually what it takes place in is uh, a pretty area where your partner uh, will will stand facing one way, and then uh, you will walk up behind them, and you can either tap them on the shoulder or say, "Hey, baby," and they they turn around. Okay, so tip within a tip here. Um, the big thing right now is to have you know one of you facing away, and then you know somebody else walks up to the other person and like taps them on the shoulder. They turn around and hug and kiss right away and everything's great. Um, but what I prefer to do is have, you know, one person, you know, face one way and the other person walks up to them and they stop usually like, like maybe five, seven feet away. Um, and then just say something sweet. Hey babe. Hey honey. Hey lovey. Yo, turn around. Um, and when they turn around, there's this beautiful little moment where I, I have the ability to actually get the reaction over one of the over the shoulder of the person who like they're seeing and there's this really sweet moment where like it's not instant gratification right like you can't just like throw your arms around the person and then move on you you have to step towards each other you have to move towards each other and there's this like uh, always like i'm thinking of lauren and sean who who uh sean turned around and he just like looked at lauren and put his hands out to the sides and just walked up to her and gave her this big hug and it was so sweet and like the 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 moment he turned around was nice like his reaction was beautiful but it was that moment where he takes his first step towards her and you can see him just light up and his arms are outstretched like this is my bride like i Mm -hmm. i need to wrap her up i i need to be close to her now and it's much different than a little tap on the shoulder wrap each other up and hug immediately you know you get to see each other in your full glory it's it's a, a sweeter moment, I think.
1: Got it. I, you maybe get like a bigger uh, view of what's going on, like a more um, extended view, like a wide lens. Yes. <laughs> you know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. Instead yeah, of yeah. the person just being, you know, directly behind you, you get to sort of like take in the full image of that person, exactly. which is very cool. So, from a photo standpoint, cool, but also from like your personal perspective. Right, because I I agree. It's not often, or it's not uncommon for me to see when I am um, am peeking behind a bush watching a first look happen. It's not uncommon for them to embrace and then sort of like take a step or two back from one another to like take it all in, you yeah. know. So, yeah. Dan, in the case of when there's a bride and a groom, do you typically have one person who's stationed and facing away and another person who's sort of walking into the 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 moment?
0: How yeah, do you do I that? I like um, I like stationing the groom. Okay. Uh, somewhere stationary uh, and then having the bride walk up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why that is, is because if you have the, the bride standing still um, and the groom walks up to her, he, you're kind of already seeing the bride as as he walks up. By Do you understand nature, what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. By nature, I think there's more um, there's usually more of a wow factor or more of a you just don't know what the bride's going to wear with our guy's. It's like a suit sort of a, a nice suit, tux. I mean you are gonna look damn fine in that suit, but yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's a little bit less of a surprise, especially because you've probably talked to the bride about what exactly you're wearing at right. least to a certain degree. so in the case then, if you have two brides or two grooms who haven't been getting ready together where they are doing this first look, where they're seeing each other for the first time, is it better to have one person or not stationed, or how do you do that then
0: um that's that's a really awesome question and one of the things that i like doing is is trying to find some scenario where maybe they can they can walk out of two separate areas and see mm-hmm. each other at the same time um like i'm thinking this wasn't uh, a same-sex couple but um it was something i did a long time ago where i had this couple was getting ready in a hotel and it, it was not, like, an awesome hotel. It was a lot of people around and everything. But I saw this one opportunity for a unique first look. And I essentially placed them on opposite sides of this, like, giant column. And it was cool. a square column. And uh, it was maybe, like, four feet this was a massive column like four feet on each side so i had them facing away and then i just had them reach around and hold hands um and they held hands and they were kind of like feeling for each other uh, and then steps. they like were able to turn and see each other and it was really sweet so they were on complete opposite sides not like on the corner to corner um and so that's one way that i would say like you can just play around with it so if you can if you can walk out of of two separate areas that's a great way or you can do it you know, traditional, And that's it. Um, I mean, right. uh, one of the same sex weddings I had, uh, one of the guys that was in Center City, Philly, he had to walk just a, a lot longer than than the other guy. So it just made sense for Ethan and I to walk to the park where we were at. And then Noah was just going to walk up um, shortly after that from where he was at. And it just made sense for us to be hanging out there since we got there first. Noah walked up. Everything was good. No big deal. Right,
1: and I think depending on the type of um, personalities you both have, you can. Well, I think you can only play in your first look so much, but I think there's um, a healthy amount of planning that maybe should go into it. So I'm actually working with a couple now where the um, the one person is like working with me a little bit more one-on-one and we're trying to figure out different locations um, that we can specifically do it, whether we're doing it on-site, off-site, because all those things come into play when you're thinking about timing of things. Um, But the other partner is like, can we just sort of wing it that day and see what happens? And I'm allergic to winging it. So I was like, no. (laughs) Um, But like, there's a certain level, like, I know not everybody is like, born planner so like you want that certain level of spontaneity but I do think there's like a healthy amount of planning that maybe should go into it just so you're making the most out of that time because if you spend 15 minutes being like oh well where should we go and I don't know well I don't know where should we go like well do we want to leave oh but if we leave who's going to drive and how are we going to get there oh but then how are we going to get back
0: right. right.
1: figuring that all out in advance will eliminate the stress of that on your wedding day and I, and I get like I said not everybody wants to plan 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 but helps yeah
0: Yeah. and this is i'm not trying to downplay the importance of the first look but i almost i i i I champion ease of travel like ease of location versus like a super pretty spot for the first look like i just want a clean runway area uh, you know a couple of feet where it's a um a clean shot for you know one of the one of the people um, walking up to the other person like i just want a clean space um and that's it because in in my opinion it's not about the space in that point like when we get mm-hmm. to portrait time it's about the space and you guys environment you know interacting with it and pretty things but that first look is about the two of you and the reaction that you each have seeing each other first so you know that that's what i champion first um is always right. just ease of getting to the place first
1: Right. And I think um, when I say like a healthy amount of planning, it's like saying we're going to do our first looks in the courtyard of the hotel. It's not saying we're going to do our first looks in the southeast corner in the courtyard of the hotel by that rose bush. This is where you want to let your photographer come in and do their thing and, you know, evaluate the lighting and all these different things that yes. are happening. But you're saying we're going to have our, our first looks in the courtyard. Um, if it's raining, we're going to do them in that really pretty um, room in the lobby done yep. you know like so yeah you don't need to plan out every little thing and i want you to trust your photographer in letting them sort of, of find a good spot too but if you have like a super um important spot though maybe dan you would argue with this maybe if you have a super important spot that you want the first look to happen let your photographer know Though, would you argue yep. that it's better to do the first look in a more easy spot and then do portraits in that special spot
0: um it's both i mean okay if the That's special fair. spot works and and like it's not in like full sun or something like that then um then i say go for it but um if it's a little more tricky or if it's like a small condensed space then i say hey let's just wait for portraits for that spot
1: right um i'm usually a big fan if if they don't have to get transportation to get to the spot it makes things a little bit easier and you just you just maximize your time that day a little bit more
0: Yeah, and you also have to think about privacy, too. Like, I've done first looks on literally on the streets of of Philly, uh, (laughs) and just, like, people are walking by, and they're, like, clapping, and they're in the background chanting and, like, doing the dog stuff. Like, the hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, the woofing, Mm -hmm. I think. Which Um, may be
1: great if you sort of thrive off that, or maybe you want something much more private. I do think you also want to be mindful of where your guests are at this point in time. Like, are they checking into a hotel? Like, are are you going to be crossing paths that way? It's... It's all different things that it's great to talk with your photographer and your coordinator about. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So I guess the final question or things to think about with a first look is if it's right for you or not. Um, I think there's a few things that you should consider. um, So being a photographer uh they they definitely make my life easier it allows me to have more uh portrait time it usually frees up the timeline for you to be able to spend more time with your guests during cocktail hour things like that but the groom in me i'm a traditionalist so i i built up in my mind that i wanted to see you know rachel coming down the aisle towards me so like if you this like doesn't sound awesome to you don't do it right like it's on you yeah whatever it's it it Allow yourself uh, the ability to do what you want to do. Right. Um, But here are some things to consider. If your ceremony and reception are at the same venue, where essentially you're like doing the ceremony and then you go right from ceremony into cocktail hour and then from cocktail hour right into the reception, I highly suggest doing a first look, unless you don't mind missing your entire cocktail hour. Um, But sometimes things can get a little... uh, tricky if say you have a winter wedding or a late fall wedding and maybe it's on a Friday where you've got a late ceremony and then it's dark by the time cocktail hour rolls around um and then you want to do portraits during that time but you really wanted sunny portraits but you don't want to do a first look so it's like it it can get a little tricky during that time um if you don't want to do one and just know that you may have to take most of your portraits um Around the venue because a park is going to be dark at that time or, or something. Uh, right. So I highly suggest, you know, if your ceremony reception in the same place, do one. Right. Um,
1: this is where I think it gets like maybe overwhelming in the sense of like when you're planning a wedding, you're like, how in the world am I even supposed to think of all these things? And that's why yeah. Dana and I. There is an underlying theme, you know, well, there's several underlying themes with our podcast, but it's like, that's why you hire the professionals. That's why you hire those people that are going to guide you through all this stuff. So you don't have to right off the gate, have the answers to all these things. You're going to get there. You know what I mean? You're going to work through it.
0: I had a couple in 2014. uh, They had a huge Catholic ceremony at one o'clock and they still did a first look at 11 a.m. Um, and that was just something that they really wanted. They wanted to be able to spend the entire cocktail hour with their guests. They wanted to be able to just enjoy time, like get the family pictures done at this park mm-hmm. beforehand. They didn't want to have to do any pictures in the church. They just wanted to enjoy themselves. And that worked. They, they figured it out in their timeline with their coordinator and made it work. So, yeah.
1: Cool. And we're going to actually talk about, um, I have some thoughts to add to that on family photos, but we're going to talk about Ooh. it more in another tip. So I'm going to table it, but let's move on okay. to tip number three. Oh,
0: so what's tip number three?
1: T- tip number three is planning enough time for portraits.
0: Um, This I, is going to vary massively yeah. between photographers,
1: but here's what I say. Buffer time, buffer time, buffer time. You can't put in enough buffer say that time. Five times fast. Buffer. I just said it three times now. Buffer time, buffer time, buffer time, buffer time, buffer time. It's not as hard as you think. I'm not amazing. I'm, it's just not as hard as you think. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's um y- you just want to factor in the fact that someone's going to need to use the restroom or someone's going to lose their deodorant or s- yep. s- things are just going to happen. And if you factor in the, that little bit of buffer time, um, I think that's really important. And I also think that you want to factor in any type of travel. Um, into that time, even if it's just walking, even if it's just going from the room in your hotel room down to the lobby, it's going to take a few minutes to, to, unless you know how to apparate, (laughs) shout out to the Harry Potter fans. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Whole other podcast right there. Um, But yeah, unless unless you can just time travel or do whatever, it's going to take time to get from point A to point B and it's important to factor that time in. And the more people you sort of have, trying to get from point a to point b the longer all of that travel is going to start to take um so you just want to make sure you're not rushing you know if your photographer says um dear couple i would like one hour for portraits with you don't say "Mm, we'll give you 20 minutes (laughs)
0: because
1: you're not letting your photographer do what they do best in that case
0: right exactly um so one of the things i would say like my my rule with with all my couples is in addition to time with your family members, because you know you have to take family formals. Um, my rule is that I generally allow three minutes per family formal. Right, so if you have ten family formal pictures, thirty minutes. Understand? Okay. Pretty simple math. Mathing. Um, and then you of course have wedding fo- wedding party photos. Uh, after both of those two things. My goal is is to allot at least a half hour with just the two of you. That's what I need for just the two of you. And then I'll also try to plan a time in the evening, maybe around sunset or, or something. It's called the golden hour, which is the half hour before and the half hour sun, after sunset. And then the other one that I just taught Danielle was the blue period.
1: Oh, I was going to say the blue light special. I knew that didn't sound right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, blue period, blue um, which period. is after the sun goes down and the sky is just all nice and bright. And Just so richly blue. Um, I
1: had uh, asterisk. I had no idea what Dan was talking about when he explained this to me. And then he sent me a photo and I was like, oh, totally. But I don't think I don't think we see it with our eyes like we see a sunset, you know
0: yeah it's it's so it's the perfect time because it's when all of the ambient light that like especially in New York City or just outside at a park or whatever when the lights tend to be very yellowy and warm and the sky just reaches this like rich blue, it's my favorite time because of those complementary colors and it just it just works so well together that's all <laughs> 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 um, but um
1: nerd corner nerd corner. corner.
0: Hey, it's just it's uh, I'm I'm just good at what I do, and I just know the little tricks and tips. Um, yes, you are. Uh, so yeah, half hour with just the two of you, sometime like right in the middle of the day after family portraits and wedding portrait or wedding photos are done, uh, and then sometime in the evening, um, usually during sunset or something like that, and that's maybe five ten minutes max. Like I, uh, I, I come from the standpoint that the wedding day is not. A giant staged photo shoot and on the list of important people that you have in your wedding I am very very low I'm the last person on that list so you should not be spending the most time with me or or your photographer I think Um, but again this is just me Uh, I don't think you should be spending the the most time with them on your wedding day Uh, so that's the conclusion that I come to is that I don't want to spend a take a ton of my couples time away so I try to be efficient and and as creative as possible um, during those times.
1: Well said. Speaking of efficiency, tip number four is about making a family formal list and making sure you discuss that list with your photographer.
0: Yeah. So do you,
1: do you you do this, right? Do you you have your clients put together a list of family photos?
0: Oh yeah. And we, we go over it and then I'll have them send me one later. Um, so essentially we will go through like the main ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the two of you with your parents, the two of you with the groom's parents, the two of you with, you know, extended family, the two of you with grandparents, like all these like normal ones that I generally expect. And then I say, remember, and this actually is applicable to, you know, everybody out there, unless your photographer is your best friend, they don't know who anybody at your wedding is. Mm-hmm. They know who the two of you are, they know who your wedding party is, and maybe your parents. That's it. So if yep. there are special people who you want photographs with whether it's whether it's uh, an aunt or an uncle who you want a a very formal photograph at the church or or whatever during that actual photo time make sure you write that down or maybe it's just um, a photo of you with your sorority girls at the cocktail hour putting your arms around each other like you have to write those down because I cannot tell you in the first year when I was still learning things and figuring this stuff out I did not do that and I missed photos and a lot of them came from parents Uh, parents had, you know, their brothers and sisters there. And I didn't think to ask, you know, what the parents wanted as well. Um, and this of course, you know, goes without saying that if you're very close with your parents, ask, consider asking them to, uh, who they would like photos with.
1: Yeah. It's much better to ask in advance than on the wedding day, say, oh, but we wanted this and now that person's not there. It gets, it gets very, very complicated. And it's really one of those things. Um, I think it's easy to say, you know what, that day we'll just, we'll just figure it out. But I I tell you what, when you are in every single family photo, it becomes very confusing and very hard to keep track of which photo you did and did not take. And suddenly you go, oh, my gosh, we never got photos with both of our parents. Like, how did we how did we totally forget that? So that's where the list comes into play. And it's literally figuring out every combination you want. Like Dan said, do you want each of you with with your sister, each of you with their brother, each of you with your sister and their brother? Like, it's all those different combinations for sure. And I like... I think, Dan, you do this, too, uh, when I have my hands in the family photo list, which is almost all the time now, is I try to order it in a way that we are shifting people the least, yep. and you are slowly either adding to adding people to a photo or taking people away. Yep, yep. That's the quickest way to do it. That's when you like, start really maximizing your time and making things easy. So what I'm saying is don't say, okay, we're gonna take a photo with, with us and your mom and dad. Okay, next photo, we're going to take a photo with us and my mom and dad. Okay, now we're going to take a photo with us and your mom and dad and your brother and then a photo with <laughs> us and my mom and dad and my sister. Like, right. I know that all looks of one good on paper and it looks nice and symmetrical, but trust me, it's... Uh, and that's not... You don't have to make it that way to start. Make your whole list and then stick it in order. And if it's something where it's happening um, after your ceremony, so say you're not doing yep. first looks, you're doing all your family photos after the ceremony's over, start with your biggest, biggest group, all of your extended family that's going to be involved and grandparents and kids. Get those three uh, categories done first and then move on to the things like just smaller photos with just parents, siblings, brides, you know, whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Um, I really have to say that these are important, right? Like your family formals are important and there's a tendency to downplay them, to rush through them, to get them done. But the truth is, is that Everybody at your wedding is not going to be around forever, especially, you know, key people, important people who you just want a photo with. Um, so if, even if, and, and th- even if your photographer says like, oh, we don't need a list, we don't need this, we don't mm-hmm. need, need that, send it to them. I don't, I don't care. I'm giving you permission. Send it to them. Um, I, okay. With the I, and note this that these are
1: important to us. <laughs>
0: yes, seriously. Um, I don't. Uh, this is different than like a shot list of like Correct. me and my mom looking in the mirror in the morning while I'm getting ready because um, uh, uh, that's a whole different topic uh, separate from this. Right. Um, and I, I would say that most photographers don't need that kind of a list, right. um, but they definitely, absolutely, 100%, you should send them a list of family formals and important people who you want pictures with. Okay? Right. Do it. Do it. You have our permission.
1: Right now. What are you waiting for? Now. Pause this podcast. Go do it now. (laughs) Sweet. All right, Dan. Tip number five: permits. Ta-da. And tip number six: no, just (laughs) (laughs) kidding.
0: Permits are something that, like, not that many people think about. Um, Right. Especially in cities.
1: I was going to say: where does a couple even start to find out if they need a permit?
0: That's a really good question, Danielle. I'm so glad that you asked that. Um, in Philadelphia, I'll just use that as an example. Um, you would say, I want to get pictures in this place. Do I need a permit? And you can just Google that. Mm. Seriously, that that's it. I mean, a lot of the... A lot of the places in Philadelphia that most people want pictures, you can get your permit from the National Park Service. And that's I believe that's just nps.gov or nps.org. Actually, also, if you're getting married in Philly, um, you can go to my website, and I actually have a permits tab of all the different places that need and don't need permits in Philadelphia.
1: And what's your website?
0: DanielMoyerPhotography.com. Ta-da! Boom! That's cool. Um, yeah. so, and
1: some some photographers like you're you're very hands-on with it. A little bit uh, um other photographers are a little bit more hands-off. Um so what happens if the couple or you or whoever's responsible for getting the permit? What happens if they don't get a permit? That like what what can happen? Are they going to jail? Um,
0: <laughs> no, not that I've seen. Oh. Most of the time. So the worst thing that'll probably happen is they'll just tell you to get out. Uh like I've I've had uh, Park Service rangers walk come up to us and say, "Hey, do you have a permit?" And I say, "Oh, crap! I didn't know." And this is you know, like I, there are some spots where I literally didn't know that we had to have one, and they mm-hmm. were like, "Yeah, sorry, you need to get out." Um, this is you know you have to have a permit, and I was like, "Okay, sorry, awesome." Right. Um, but in in all honesty, a lot of times they'll say, "Okay, um, just work your way out now." Uh, and you know, they, they kind of like, they're, everybody's cool. Like once you see, you know, that it's a wedding or, or, you know, somebody in a white dress is kind of like, Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. okay. And nobody wants to be the the day ruiner. So most people are pretty cool about it.
1: With the caveat that if you remain cool on your end too, like if you sort of give them grief about it when they're just trying to do their job, you have to, you have to sort of like, if you get caught doing something, you just have to say like, really sorry. Well, you know. Thank you so much. So,
0: yeah. And a big, a lot of the time it's, it's when you have like your whole wedding party there with you that you're drawing a lot of attention. Um, And then a a, a ranger or somebody or, or somebody for private property or whatever will come up and say, Hey, um, you know, do you have a permit? Uh, But a lot of times I've seen that if it's just myself and maybe my uh, associate shooter and just the couple nobody really cares. You can kind of just walk in, walk out, move on and you're good to go. Um it's kind of one of those things where if you have it, nobody's going to ask you. Like it's just <laughs> and then it's like that weird phenomena. Uh, but if you don't have it, then everybody's going to come up and ask you like, "Hey, do you have a permit? You should get out of here." You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah. Um I like getting them mainly for the fact, especially when we do weddings in Philadelphia in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Anyway, um uh-huh. What I like, the reason I like having the permit is because if we go to a space, um, you know, say we go to the 18th century gardens, that really pretty area, and another big group is there taking photos, but we have a permit from this time to this time, I can go up to the photographer in that group and, you know, very discreetly say like, hey, are you guys almost done? And if they're like, no, and then I say, "Uh, well, we have a permit for this time, so like, you know, how can we make this work? And then if they don't have a permit, it sort of gives us the like upper hand to be like, you know, we, yep. we, we do have the space sort of reserved, for lack of a better yep. word. And if they don't, then, you know, it sort of gives you that space a little bit more quickly than having to like wait and just be at the, you know, the whatever of them. The will yeah. of them? Whatever. Anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. the like, um, that's the like, uh, need to be right per- personality in me. That's like, I follow the rules and get out of my space. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's always a great thing to have. Like any time that I have a, a wedding somewhere and they're like, yeah, we want to take a couple portraits and family pictures at this place. I just I say like basically send them the link uh, and say, you know, get the get the permit. It's it's right. important. And they take and a little while sometimes. They take yeah. almost a week sometimes to get back. So,
1: yeah. And it's it's inexpensive relative to the other expenses you have on your wedding day, too. So,
0: yeah, um, actually, fun fact, um, photographing on train tracks is highly illegal. Just so you Hmm. know that, yeah, big time. Like, like they, and and if you get caught on photographing on train tracks, it is like, not, not a good thing. Like, wow, uh, some reason. Like, maybe it's just in Pennsylvania. Um, but oh, I know that's a that's a nationwide law. But in Pennsylvania, it's really strict for some reason.
1: Uh, well, I I don't think it's for some reason. There is a lot of terrible things that can happen. I my uncle when he was young, my grandma's um brother died on train tracks and. He, I think he was just riding his bike and got killed. So it's, it's just a terrible thing. That's interesting, though. I didn't know yep. that it was um, illegal. All right. Well, we are five tips into this episode, and we are going to take a break to tell you about BarkBox. So as a listener of our show, I'm sure that you have heard my pup Cooper uh, chiming in on certain topics with his barks, <laughs> and if you are anything like me, you uh, love <laughs> spoiling your pups as
0: much as possible. <laughs> Understatement so, of the century!
1: Oh my gosh, those those little babies get everything. So I really want to tell you about Bark Box. It's a monthly delivery of just like mind blowing toys and drool worthy treats, and just all natural chews. And everything starts as low as twenty bucks a month, so super affordable. Um, and Thanks to Cooper. BarkBox is actually offering You Put a Ring On It listeners a free extra month when you sign up at getbarkbox.com slash ring. And shipping's always free, so head to getbarkbox.com slash ring today to order yours. With love to Cooper.
0: Okay, back to our tips. Uh, so okay. tip number six. Okay. okay, so tip number six. Um, and that just really has to do with uh, how to choose your outdoor ceremony time And why um, So first thing is choosing the time And it's very simple Find what time sunset is on your wedding day Then back up two to three hours Unless
1: that's you're your Jewish ceremony
0: start time. Unless you're Jewish right <laughs> um, And that's your start time So if your ceremony's at If sunsets at eight o'clock You back up it's either a 5 or 6 o'clock start, somewhere in there. 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock, somewhere around there. And the okay. reasoning is that you don't want it to get too dark during your ceremony. And then as you're walking out, it's just like a black hole. Um, but you also don't want it to be crazy overhead, um, uh, what's called uh, sun. sun-dappled light, where like Ooh. the sun is so high that uh, – it's just coming straight down or through trees and casting like these little, little like pockets of light everywhere. Um, you want it to kind of be just like, um, a a little bit above the horizon. Uh, and that like two to three hour range is really nice. Um, and that also gives you a little bit of time to be able to do portraits and things after the ceremony, um, before running into your cocktail hour. If, if it's all at one place. And
1: I guess the caveat to this is if you are wanting to have this like beautiful evening ceremony where it's dark at, or you want to get married at sunset, you just have to think about lighting and all of that. So this is like, if you are just taking a total stab in the dark or in the light, (laughs) um, at what time you are allowed to have your ceremony or what time you want to have your ceremony, because there's also, you want to work within the confines of your venue rules too. So if you're allowed a five hour reception and you have to be out there by 10, you know, then your ceremony obviously has to start at, 430 or whatever so just all things to consider
0: yeah and if if you have the ability to have your ceremony like directly at sunset um know that like if you're having it directly at sunset say you're walking down the aisle at sunset um that in five minutes it's going to be a whole lot darker very quickly so Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a great time to add as many of those like tall candles as possible, like in those big glass jars or, or maybe some hanging candles or Christmas lights, like just the white Christmas lights or, or something, just add like a whole bunch of warm ambient light. Um, and that'll do wonders. Uh, and, and we'll add just a little bit of that warmth to your, your ceremony and be able to, you know, add a little, little special, little special taste to it. A little special Mm -hmm. feel.
1: Yeah. All right, so tip number seven is making sure you're also factoring in creative portrait time. So, Dan, when we say even like portrait time or creative portrait time, like what in the world does that mean?
0: Uh, That means the things outside of your family formals, uh, your wedding party photos, and just, you know, you standing um, in a pretty place looking at the camera, right? Um, And maybe there are some photographers who like this this time doesn't necessarily fit with where they just they focus a lot on the details they focus a lot on you know just camera aware pictures things like that uh myself and i i would say you know a good amount of other photographers uh are also trying to create something artistic and and artful for something that you'd be able to hang on your wall that's maybe grander than like the experience where you include the venue or i call the i call them where's waldo portraits where like you know the the couple's like really tiny in the frame and you have this like vast landscape or a beautiful sunset where you're silhouetted or something like that. And all these things take time, right?
1: Right. Where it's not necessarily just a photo of you and your partner on a wall. You have this like very cool artwork, but you're also in it. I like
0: that. Right. Right. Exactly. And so that that takes a little bit of time. So for me, you know, I said before I need like a half hour and it might take me 15 minutes to create just like the one picture that I'm trying to to go for because you know so i do the family photos and then we do wedding party photos and then we get rid of all those people they go inside they're enjoying everything relaxing and then it's my time with the two of you and we start out with some very simple um you know couple portraits smiling looking at the camera looking at each other and each other close up far away that kind of thing and then um it's like this uh then that's why I asked for a half hour because it's this a little bit of extra time where we create something that's maybe unexpected or, uh, we can use the space that you're getting married in, um, to create something that is maybe delightful or surprising or, or allows you to remember your wedding day in, in a way that was even better than you had expected. Um, so that's the goal behind like, uh, setting aside time for your photographer just to be creative and, and do their thing. Um, and maybe that maybe that creative portrait time is in the evening uh like i said before in tip number three where it's around sunset or um you know you spend 15 minutes during that golden hour uh just going around and trying to create something different and unique and um allows you to remember your wedding day a little better and more special and create something to hang on your wall Right,
1: and this is like these are the photos that end up on the photographer's websites that end up in the blogs. Those those photos that you look at and you go like, "Wow!" Like that's just yeah. it's it's the reason you one of the reasons at least you hired that photographer. And yeah. in many cases, you need to give that photographer a little bit of time, dedicated time, to make that photo happen. Those those things don't just like Pfft, happen and like, "Whoa, look at this great shot!" Like it takes a little bit of a little bit of forethought.
0: Still yeah, don't know and- if I'm
1: using the word forethought right.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I just want to like separate it again from, you know, family formal time, wedding party time, and then also having, you know, like just some nice photographs of the two of you smiling, look like, at the camera. Those pictures really take a half hour for everything I just listed. I, I would say that they take about a half hour, um, maybe 40 minutes if if things are running long. But mm-hmm it's it's these like I, I call it allowing time for the unexpected, right? Um, so so like like i I will often work a picture to try to get everything to come together. So I think the three elements that make a great photograph are amazing light, great composition, and really good emotion. And those things, If you look at a photographer's work, um, you might see one of the things or two of the things in a photograph, but one, one that like really stands out, you'll see all three of them come together. And so, like I said, it might take me 15 minutes just working this one picture to get everything to to, like, just come together in this one frame. Like I'm thinking specifically of an engagement photograph that I took, um, at the grounds for sculpture in New Jersey. And it was one of my couples, Allison. It's a I've great spot, there. right? Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. I did a wedding at um, Rats.
1: Oh, okay. The restaurant that's um, right
0: there. Yeah, so cool. What a what a neat place. And uh, I had them. I had the couple, Allison and Jason, go up on this hill. And I was like, "Oh, this is kind of a cool silhouette. The sky's really pretty." And I looked to my right, and the sky was like on fire to my right. And I was like, "That's going to be awesome." And we just stood there. For like probably seven minutes until the sky like started like coming across the clouds. And it started like really getting fiery and, and red. Um, and then I shot through that whole thing. And it was probably another five minutes of, of just the sky like just ever so slightly changing as like the sunset. And then before you know it, the, it was all gone. And it was just blue clouds again. But I'm telling you like the sky was on fire. And they were standing up there basically in the same pose. For a good 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would be like, okay, just hang out for a second. I'm just going to wait. Oh, we get back together, get back together. Like it's happening now or whatever. Um, So it's allowing time for, for things like that. And I hope that's a, uh, an easy enough delineation between Mm -hmm. the two. Um, Yeah. I I think sometimes I forget to like describe the things and I'm just talking about them as if everybody knows what I'm talking about. So um, hopefully that helped.
1: We're just (laughs) not all on your level, Dan. And I think, um, you know, this, that was like a lot of conversation about uh, spending a lot of time in like a pose and like just, just, you know, posing things. And this next tip is maybe the opposite. And it's, it's not that we're contradicting it here. It's more about finding the balance of spending a little bit of time with that. And tip number eight being like, just being present with the, the people around you. Because I don't know about many of our listeners, but for me, some of my favorite photos of myself are the photos where I'm just like, being very genuine and in the moment and not posy, yep. And, yep. um, it just maybe mainly speaks or, to my like bad modeling skills.
0: <laughs> I didn't watch <laughs> enough
1: uh, America's next top model growing up, but you know it's, <laughs> it's those like just candid, wonderful moments that are some of my favorites from a wedding.
0: Yeah. Um, and you're right. Like I'm not trying to say the complete opposite here, but, um, I'm going to say that you have to give time for both, right? So there's, there's this balance. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier, uh, about like not turning your wedding to this giant stage photo shoot, right? Where, so, okay. So basically I'll just tell you exactly what I tell my couples in like that last like two to three week planning period. And that is that, you know, we're going to schedule photo time on your wedding day. We're going to schedule the hour, hour and a half for your wedding party, for your family formals, for creative portraits of the two of you. Um, but outside of that time. It's your wedding day, right? And as I mentioned before, like if you think of all the people who are coming to your wedding, um, on the list of all those important people, I am at the bottom of that list. Your photographer is at the bottom of that list. That doesn't mean that they don't have a very important job, but you should not be spending, in my opinion, the most time on your day with them. Um, And I would say, the more that you just forget about your photographer forget about me the more that you just love on your friends and family the more that you just like hug and kiss and smooch all those people who, who have come there to support you the better your wedding collection is going to be because if your photographer is doing their job um, and they're documenting the real moments as they un- unfold then you're going to love your wedding collection because all those little in-between moments are real right like it- it's authentic. Um, like. Don't get me wrong, and I'm gonna i this might sound like I'm downplaying everything I just said about like creative portrait. <laughs> no, it's about
1: balance. It, balance, balance, balance.
0: Yes. Um I can do a lot of cool stuff with a camera, right? Like I can do all these big things. <laughs> I can
1: throw it in the stuff. air, I can spin it on my finger,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Ta-da! can dangle it. <laughs> you know, Sorry. like but, but that no, it's all good. Um like I can do a lot of neat things with a camera and I can, you know, add all these flashes and lights and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but that doesn't mean in 30 years from now when you're sitting on the couch with your kiddos that that any of those photographs that are really cool or trendy right now are going to mean anything to you and what i have to say is the my favorite photograph and i've talked about this all the time from our wedding is the photographs of my dad and rachel's dad sitting in our backyard at our rehearsal dinner just talking and i love that picture so much because it means a lot more now um and it's like like i'm just so thankful that joe had the wherewithal to just like take this picture from our deck like of them just sitting there in this big row of empty chairs and it's so perfect and it's like like yeah i love the portraits we've got those hanging on our walls but the pictures that mean the most to us are those in between moments so let me let me i'm just going to keep going here um if you were to tally up all these like wedding pictures that you need, um you smiling at the camera, your partner smiling at the camera, a picture of the two of you, maybe you with your 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 wedding party getting ready in the morning, maybe your parents smiling while they're getting ready, maybe um your first dance, your first kiss, you know, you're walking down the aisle, the reactions like you total all, all those things up. Maybe it's 50 pictures, 75 pictures Where where do all those other hundreds more come from? Like, you know, I deliver between 700 and 900 photographs. And most of my couples put 100, 150, 200 photographs in their album. And the one thing that I can tell you from all the albums that I've created with couples, the one thing I can tell you from following up with couples and talking to them and asking them, like, what are your favorite photographs? Six months, a year, two years down the road – is the ones where they were lost in their own little world loving on each other or when they were laughing or crying or cheering or toasting with all their friends and family who are there to support them because it's real and it's them. And it's with the people who mean the most to them. And that's the goal. And that's how you should spend your wedding day is wrapped up in those people and getting lost in the moment. Oh, man. I I got one more thing.
1: Oh, keep I, going. No, got, you're on a roll. One, keep
0: going. I got one more thing. I got one more thing. And so there's that's like a really cliche thing that I just thought of. Uh, that I just said is like getting wrapped up in the moment. Right. Easier said than done. And this is my advice for how to get lost in the moment. Okay. And how to get the most out of your wedding pictures. Here it is. It's a two part. No, no. I already said the first part. It's one part. One part left. <laughs> um. So as you're going through your wedding day. I believe the day goes so fast because you're constantly looking forward to the next thing. In the morning when you're getting ready, you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder how I wonder how he's doing. I wonder how she's doing. I wonder how like things are going with his guys. Is his haircut going well? Um, is makeup going well? Uh, it, uh, I can't wait to see him as, you know, he, uh, as like, he cries. I can't wait to kiss for the first time. I can't wait till to, to we're announced as husband and wife. I can't wait till, uh, you know, we're finally married. Um, I can't wait to, uh, have our first dance. I can't wait to, you know, have dinner. I can't wait to get pictures taken. I can't wait to dance with my dad. I can't wait to dance with my mom. And then before you know it, the day's over, and it's done. Huh? So what I would have to say is that, like, at each point of the day, you will realize what this day is for. You, it'll just kind of like pop into your mind, and and maybe you're, in the case of you know a bride and groom, maybe you're sitting there, and you're watching. In the case of a, a bride watching her bridesmaids get ready. Maybe you know, everybody else is finally getting their hair and makeup done. They're in the bathroom. They're getting dressed. And for one minute, for less than one minute, for 10 seconds, nobody's asking you how you're doing or how you're feeling or if everything's okay or if they, you need a glass of champagne or whatever. And you just notice everybody there. And I'm putting this in your mind right now so you notice it the next time it happens and when it happens on your wedding day. And you just notice everybody there for you and you're just enjoying that moment and, and, and you're just like watching it. You're observing it finally for one second. In that moment, I want you to just take a little mental snapshot. Like Danielle, what, what do people do when they get to the top of a mountain?
1: They look. Oh, yeah. They take like a big look. breath. Yeah.
0: And they like, they like puff their chest out and they, they, they survey their land. They just, yes. they just spent hours climbing up to the top of this hill and now they're on top of their mountain. Your wedding day is your mountain. You've spent all this time climbing up to the top of your mountain. So you're on your mountain. Survey your land. As as your ladies are getting ready and they finally stop fin- uh, finicking over like their hair and makeup or or asking you how you're doing, take a little mental snapshot. As you're standing there holding your partner's hands, uh, committing your life to them, just, just look into their eyes and take a little mental snapshot. Maybe you'll just look over your shoulder at all the people who are gathered or support you. Take a little mental snapshot of that. When you're if you're sit, if you're having a sweetheart table at your reception and you're everybody finally is seated they're having dinner and nobody's looking at you nobody's like fawning over you nobody's asking any questions of you it's it's the way that it's going to be for the rest of your lives just the two of you and in that moment all those people are there to support you take a little mental snapshot and survey your land if you do that if you love on each of those people who come up there to support you if you just just take a little mental snapshot that's called getting in the moment. That's breathing it in. If you do that, I promise you will have the most amazing wedding day. You'll remember all of it and you're going to love your wedding collection because you were in it.
1: Mike, drop.
0: <laughs> that's one thing that I'm super passionate about. Um, and we something. could talk about the, the wedding day timeout and all those kind of things, but that's maybe another. another t-
1: yeah. I, okay. I almost wish we sort of ended with that tip, Dan, because that was so well said, but we've got two more tips. <laughs> to go that really was that was that was wonderful i teared up twice as you were talking for crying out loud so uh yeah. well said dan i i love that so much um tip number nine is actually something i'm recently um becoming very obsessed with in a very healthy way but oh, it's yeah. it's it's about lighting at your reception um so dan from it from it what was that
0: what do you have to say about it go for it
1: well i i think you i think lighting um can really transform a space. It can take the energy yeah. of a space to a whole nother level. And lighting has the ability to sort of evolve and change as, how, as the night goes on, which is just, you can just do so much with it. And it's one of those decor elements that your guests almost don't see, but they feel. And to have your guests feel something on your wedding day, outside of the fact that like, oh, it's a fun day. To get them like in this, this feeling, Feeling is is a very cool thing. And that's what makes guests go like, damn, that was a good wow. like, That was like, wow. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. also though, I think this is like, um, this tip in itself is a little bit more towards like making sure you have enough light, um, yeah. especially at your reception, what we were talking yep. about earlier with ceremony, sunset times, all these things. Lighting technically comes into play in a very big way with photography. Um, so you don't want things too dark. But, but Dan, maybe maybe take it from here because I there's like I can't speak to the technical part. I can speak to the like it's so cool part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm I'm leaning more towards the it's so cool part. Um, oh, okay, like like because I so I bring my own light. Like most most receptions are pretty formulaic for me. Is it a white box? No. Is it have a white ceiling? Yes. Does it not have a white ceiling? Okay. What kind of ceiling is it? Do I need to put up lights on stands? But it's like it's it's an equation that I need to solve. But my thing is that it it does add more visual interest if there is a a feeling that goes along with it right so um so the simplest answer is or the simplest example is you know for our wedding i really wanted the me as a visual person for the reception to look how it felt right so so we did breakups which are like these like big kind of like fun shape patterns that like move on walls and things like that. We did up lighting. Um, I had sometimes the confetti can.
1: Breakups also sometimes called gobos too.
0: Oh yeah, gobos, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like, so I, I added those things because I, not that I wanted it to feel like a dance party, but if you got like lights and things like moving around you and like Rachel and I love to dance and we love the party and have a good time, um, it's kind of hard for for guests and people to not want to be like in that environment and, and interacting with it if it feels like like they're the doing the opposite of what that space is meant for Does that right. make
1: sense so think of like a nightclub if you went to a nightclub yeah. and all of the just it was just like the the overhead lights were just on you know what i mean it was just like a, a regular room and all the lights were on but the music was playing you probably wouldn't get up and dance as easily or as quickly if those lights were down and there was like things happening and like fun lights People flashing at you. you. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, we as humans feel most comfortable dancing when we're a little bit not in a spotlight, right? Like, so if you have this reception space and the lights can't be dimmed and you have to just have full lights on a dance floor... Um, wow. I've never seen a packed dance floor in full lights. And and I mean like lights in the sense of um like, just like your regular daytime light bulb lights. Um, I love when a DJ band, whatever brings those like dance floor lights where things are going, not the laser dots. We don't like the laser, dots. The laser dots. We nope. don't like the laser dots. Just when there's this energy of like different colored lighting and all of these, you know, whether it can move to the music, that's always really cool. I don't know, I don't even understand the technicalities of how that happens, but it blows my (laughs) mind every time. But just that type of environment, people become, like we said, they interact more, they become more engaged, they feel more comfortable getting out there and getting their like really freaky dance moves on, which are very fun to watch for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? And, you know, so say maybe the, the dance club vibe isn't quite what you want because like maybe that's not right for for dinner right. or maybe that's not right, right. for yes. for an outdoor uh reception underneath a tent or something like that so right. in that case maybe you just think about what the feel you want is and maybe yes. that's maybe that's magical you want it to be um uh i don't know like uh, like a disney fairy tale um mm-hmm. where you know the princess walks into like this you know uh Enchanted Glen and there's all these twinkling lights like um so all right if you have seen the new Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson right um there's the famous scene where she's in the yellow dress the beast is in his like blue suit and there's this moment in that movie where the beast picks her up and like sp- like kind of spins her around and they're like side by side looking at each other. And as they're spinning, there's all these twinkling lights in the background like it's glittery and shimmery and it's magical, right? So you can do that same thing. It, whether that's just... Uh, lighting, like wrapping your tree, uh, some of the trees in your space with um, with a whole bunch of like twinkling white lights, or or letting some dangle from the trees, or or buying hundreds of those uh, of real candles and putting them in a safe jar, or maybe you just buy the flickering um, battery powered ones and just buy tons of them. Like you have to have a lot of them if you want it to feel magical Um, and do that. And that'll help transform your space. Not so like you're partying, but to to add to the experience of what you want people to feel.
1: Yes. Those um, little candles, they're actually um, the votives that go on the tables, just those little candles. They will take a table up uh, like 12 notches just by having like i love piling those candles on like i like sticking like a good nine or so candles on <laughs> votives on each table but that will that will up a table every time that we either don't have votives or the venue doesn't allow votives and we don't bring in battery operated ones if you look at the table and it's just like it's missing something and yeah. there is a major shift happening and i think um with the region that dan and i are in in like the philadelphia area the greater philadelphia area we are definitely a little bit behind the west coast so depending on where you are but we are seeing right now a huge shift in what you can do with lighting which means it's becoming way more affordable than it ever was so if you think this is something that you necessarily can't afford that's obviously a decision you need to make but i would absolutely recommend at least inquiring um because even I usually say go with a, a really great lighting company because they're going to do the best job. But even find out what your DJ can do. DJs yep. are now upping their game so much in terms of lighting. Um, yeah. That they can, um, they do this thing called pin spotting, where they can shine like this super um, directed spotlight at your cake, at your centerpieces. You want to yeah. say like you want to so like, talk about taking a hundred dollar centerpiece and making it look like a thousand dollar centerpiece pin spot it like it's it's those little things and I and they're not as expensive as you might think you might think like I I can't afford to put on that type of production it's becoming much 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 more affordable and the impact it has on all of the other things that you're investing money in it shoots everything up so much I love it I love it so much
0: at the at the base if you go to your DJ and say hey uh, what 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 does uplighting look like like how how can we do mm-hmm. that that's like that's like level 1 if you just want to like add a little pizzazz or something level 1 and sometimes they actually can take the the uplighting and they're synced to the music J- and this is just like just the uplighting like we're not talking about anything else um and they're synced to the music so the whole room changes as like the dance floor is happening but yep. but during dinner they maybe just put like a champagne color on the wall like so it's classy and glow, elegant yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. It's so yes. nice.
1: And when we say uplighting, uplighting is um, a literally a light placed on the floor right at the base of your wall that shines straight up in the air. And what it does is it yep. takes most wall colors and changes them to whatever color it's flashing up. Some walls are really tough to do it depending on what color they're painted or, or how they are structured. Uh, this is yep. where like, you know, it depends on the venue, but that's so you're specifically like washing the wall and therefore the entire space in a, in a different color.
0: Yeah it's pretty and, awesome and
1: yeah like candlelight is amber it's, it's so many things you can do that evolves throughout the night and yeah all right Dan
0: that's so pretty wait wait I got one more one more little oh. little thingy um, nugget
1: drop it and
0: it, it is the the don't of uplighting and that don't is stay away from the color green and I, I'm not a fan of the color red either green t- like really messes with everybody's skin tone um, and then red makes it look like uh, like a dungeon Good tip. Yeah.
1: Or you just don't like Christmas, obviously. Grinch.
0: Well, together they're amazing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like reds, purples, blues, champagne, uh, orange, all super awesome. Go for it.
1: Okay, and if you are anything like me where you – feel like you're not super great or confident when it comes to picking colors look at a color wheel like just google color wheel and whatever color say your your wedding party is in a lot of navy and blue things like that look at the opposite color of blue on the color wheel and complementary yeah, and that is your complementary color, and those things you don't want. You know, if everything is blue in your in your decor and everything else, don't wash those walls with blue unless you're going for a very blue event. But if you want all of that decor to <laughs> pop, wash those walls with like a really nice amber or orange or candlelight or yellow yeah. color. Not yellow, yeah. not yellow, yellow, but yeah, complimentary.
0: And if you really can't do any of this, like if you're really just like you know what, um, this is yep. so far removed go to the dollar store, go to somewhere and buy a crap ton of white Christmas lights. Those are, are, can be this. And this is mostly if you're maybe doing something outside or, um, you know, maybe your venue will allow you to do this somehow. But if you, if you find ways to incorporate those little twinkly Christmas lights or candles, those are cheap and easy. And if you a- a- add a ton of them, like, like the more that you add really the better I think it's going to be. Yes. Um, and that's a very cheap, easy way of just making this work and, and adding a little, a little warmth and a little uh, something special to your, your wedding and how it feels, okay? Definitely.
1: And if you are um, actually have a link, I'll include in the show notes a link to where you can get votives like super cheap on Amazon. Um, they're the best votives I found. They burn long enough um, because tea light votives don't burn long enough. So I'll put a link in our show notes if you're looking for uh, um, where to get them from if, you're, if you want to shop online. All right, Dan. Cool.
0: Last one tip 10 we actually have a whole episode on this one
1: yes embracing the weather
0: yeah which was episode number four if you do an engagement session which i call forever sessions um you have the luxury of being able to move the date around adjust it a little bit which is one of the reasons why i suggest couples do um a engagement session um but the wedding day you're you're stuck with it right Um, And you have a couple different options. You can say, this is terrible. I don't know what to do. This sucks. Uh, Everything is ruined. Or you roll with it, right? And the benefits of rolling with it are that you are going to look back on it and remember the good things about it. Because that's what happens. Psychologically, I was just reading, I'm reading this amazing book right now called The Power of Moments. It's called The Peak End Rule. And basically what it says is that you remember the, the moments where... You are at like a nine or a ten um, and the end thing that happened um, and all the other stuff kind of gets like washed away. Uh, And and if it rains a lot, it will get washed away. But um, (laughs) what I'd say is just roll with it. So um, have a first, Danielle, and this is the I'm going to try to take a page out of your book. Have a rain plan right like have a bad weather plan prepare for it the more that you think about it the more you plan for it you're not going to have to use it but you will be happy if you do get a chance to um and i'm going to let you talk about like the um the plan in a second um but photo specifically go with the flow um just how like think about being a little kid and how you ran around and maybe jumped in puddles and didn't care about being wet just (laughs) dance in the rain and enjoy yourselves and at the very least buy a clear umbrella, buy a uh, a big black umbrella with no no logos on it or anything, and just enjoy taking pictures in the rain, have a little fun, kiss on each other, feel like Frank Sinatra as he's like running around swinging from uh, rain That's poles. That's not Frank things. Sinatra. Yes, it is.
1: No, it's Gene Kelly. That's Singing in the Rain. Gene Kelly.
0: Oh. <laughs> Does
1: Frank Sinatra have a... He's not in Singing in the Rain. It's Gene okay. Kelly W... Debbie O'Connor and... No, I'm sorry. Debbie Reynolds and Donald O'Connor. Donald O'Connor is my favorite tap dancer. I know that movie. Come at me, bro.
0: (laughs) Be like like Gene Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) Be like Gene Hackman. What's his name again? Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. Be like Gene Kelly um, and be spinning around um light poles and singing in the rain and and twirling your umbrella above you and just enjoy it's 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 not a bad thing as long as you're smiling and enjoying yourselves because that's what's going to shine through and you're going to remember hey it rained on our wedding day but we have this incredible story and if you don't believe me um and you don't believe danielle go check out episode four bad weather our bad weather episode and mm-hmm. listen to two amazing stories of wedding days that were massively transformed by bad weather and now years later what those couples have to think about them
1: right and for my for my ladies out there listening to a bald-haired man Tell them <laughs> Dan's not bald, but he has barely any hair. Tell them that just go out in the rain and splash around. Um, for those ladies that I know are investing heavily in their hair and makeup getting done earlier that day, um, I would say that you're still allowed to go out in the rain. So you know what you need. I have bangs, so I would need like a blow dryer just to like get them back to doing what they're supposed to be doing again. Maybe you just need some like mascara and. You know like a quick nice color on your lip you know pack something that you know is going to be able to be a quick fix uh maybe you hire your hair and makeup artist to come back you know at some point during dinner i don't know but there's there's options out there oh and boots rain boots are super cute
0: yeah totes adorable also totes
1: adorable but yeah <sighs> like like dan said rain plans are so important um or, or even just like bad weather plans are really really so important um And I think the another thing is, you know, when we say embracing the weather, it's also on one aspect, it's still going out there and having a good time and and just having fun in it. But keeping in mind that sometimes plans will need to change. And while you may have had your heart set on taking your family photos outside, please don't make grandma stand outside in the rain just for the sake of getting (laughs) that photo. Do you know what I mean? Like... Totally. Maybe you just, sometimes you just need to adjust, especially when it comes to grandma.
0: <laughs> oh, grandma.
1: Don't torture grandma. All right, Dan, let's let's recap our 10 tips just to take it okay. on home. So tip one, them. I'll take the first five, you take the last five. Deal? Okay. Deal. Good. So tip one was thinking about what you're wearing when you're getting ready, making sure that you're camera ready. Tip two, deciding what you wanted to do about first looks, those photos that are going to happen before the ceremony tip three making sure you plan enough time for your portraits tip four making that family formal list and sharing it with your photographer tip mm-hmm. five was permits making sure do you need one do you not need one what do you got to do about it
0: okay number six tip number six was um how to choose your outdoor ceremony time and and when's the best time for that tip number seven was about creative portraits and the differences between those and why they're important than just family formals wedding pictures that kind of thing uh Tip number eight uh, is about being present with those around you and how to just really get wrapped up in the moment. Number nine was the lighting at your reception and how to really change a space and and make it feel a little more magical uh, just by adding some light. And number 10 was embracing the weather and how to do that. Nailed it
1: nailed it alright guys nailed it. as always check out the put a ring on it podcast.com website for show notes and all kinds of other goodies that we've got there and don't forget you can totally connect with Dan and I on social media I am at DPNAK D-P-N-A-K just about anywhere uh, Dan what's your handles
0: uh, I'm at Daniel Moyer photo pretty much on everything websites Uh you can send me an email drop me a line and I'd love to hear from you
1: all right, everybody, we will see you soon. Have a great, wonderful, spectacular day! Woohoo!